Want a vacation where your kids can go rock climbing and surfing, and maybe even ride a roller coaster? Or maybe you're dreaming of a romantic getaway, a quiet dinner followed by a moonlit stroll? Or maybe you're a single person and you want a vacation where it's easy to meet people and you also feel safe. Well, for all those things, cruising just might be the answer. But is it time yet to go cruising again? And where should you go? And for first-timers, just what is so great about cruising? These are just some of the questions you might be asking. Welcome to Traveling with AAA. I'm Mary Herendine, and today on the show, we're going to go cruising. To give us a sense of where cruising is right now and what that means to you, Fran Golden joins us. Fran is an award-winning journalist and a cruise expert. Her work has appeared in Travel and Leisure, Afar, Condé Nast Traveler, and Bloomberg. And she's the co-author with Midgie Moore of 100 Things to Do in Alaska Before You Die. Fran Golden, welcome to Traveling with AAA. Thank you. We're glad to have you today. And, and Fran, um, I, I would consider you a, a cruise expert. You've been on more than 135 cruises, maybe more by now. Can you tell us what's so great about cruising that you've taken so many? Well, you know, on a cruise, it's a very relaxing vacation if you want it to be. Somebody feeds you three meals a day, makes your bed. Um, you know, you, you are free to do whatever you want to do. You can go ashore at amazing ports and you can see the world. So, and then there's all these ocean views. So what could be better than that? <laughs> well, I love an ocean view. Uh, could you tell us about your first time on a ship? My first time on a ship was many years ago. It was a Norwegian cruise line ship an old one that doesn't even exist anymore. And I was in an inside cabin, the cheapest cabin, with my two kids and husband, and the kids were on bunk beds. Wow, wow. Did you fall in love with ships then, or did that come sometime later? I'm just imagining myself with the kids in, in one of the smallest cabins. Right, with no views at all. You know what? The funny thing is, I fell in love with cruising partially because of that experience, because there was a wonderful kids program, and I could send the kids off to do camp-like activities during the day. And I actually had a good time with my husband sitting on deck. I, I believe I got a whole book read, and my kids were quite little. So if you have little kids, you can totally understand what a rare pleasure that is. And I didn't get seasick. So those were all lessons learned from that one cruise. I love that. As somebody who does get motion sickness, it's nice to hear. Um, still a relaxing experience and not feeling sickness while you're there. Now, I understand you got married on a cruise ship. Am I right? I did. I got married on a princess cruise ship. You know, princess cruises is the love boat line. <sighs> and, and the captain of a ship uh, married, married me and my second husband. Wow. What was that like? And, and was it your love of the sea that inspired you to do that? Yeah, it was our mutual love of the sea. My husband is also a cruise writer, so it just made sense. And it was a wonderful experience because the friends and family that came with us were with us for four days. So it wasn't just about the ceremony, which was wonderful, and, and in our case was in the atrium of the ship. The whole ship was invited to watch us. Um, but it was also that togetherness with our family and friends, and it made it really special. 
That's incredible, especially on a trip like that, um, you know, doing a destination type wedding, <laughs> I guess I would call it, to have um, all of the guests um, that are on the ship to be able to enjoy and watch it. Now, um, the captain, Gavin McLeod, am I right? Well, actually, the captain of the ship did the ceremony, and Gavin McLeod, the famous love boat captain, uh, Captain Steubing, was also there, and he, he read a poem at our ceremony, which also included an opera singer and a live orchestra. You know, the Princess Cruises uh, public relations team got involved in helping with my wedding. Wow. And doing things. So we weren't sure whether the people that came to watch the ceremony that weren't our, our family and friends came to see Captain Steubing or to get a free glass of champagne or free designer chocolates, all of which were part of the ceremony. Well, all of those sound great. And definitely with uh, Princess Cruises, it sounds like you really felt like royalty and they did a great job um, to make you feel that way. So that's exciting. That's amazing. Now, you and your husband, um, David, are veteran cruisers. What advice might you have for first-time cruisers? Would a short three- or four-day cruise be good? Sure. I mean, try it. If it's something that you've always wanted to do, try it. Um, and, and, and when I say that, I'm not even sure it really matters what cruise line you try your very first time. The idea is to get a, a feel for the experience. You know, a lot of people start with the cheapest cruise they can get, which, which might be um, Carnival Cruise Line, for instance. And then they go for, from there. Now, if you are, you know, a very posh luxury traveler, you mm-hmm. might want to find a sample cruise on, on a luxury line. Um, but if you just want to get a feel for being at sea, uh, I'm of the belief that any cruise will, will convince you to be a cruiser. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good to hear because I know for those of us on a budget, you know, we want to maximize, but we still want to have a great experience. I hear that you can do some short cruises for as little as $50 a night. Yeah, keep an eye out for deals. Uh, I mean, I personally, when I'm trying to get an idea of what cruises are going for, I, I, I go online, I start looking at various websites. Although, honestly, I'm a strong believer um, on people booking cruises with an experienced cruise travel agent. I just think, you know, you're going to have a better experience. The agents get all the deals. So, you know, you might see think you're seeing something that's a wow, but the reality is, the travel agent could have told you that. Yeah, so I've been on one cruise. It was actually with Carnival. It was from Long Beach to Catalina and Puerto Vallarta. And I had a great time on that. And I did use a travel agent, um, a travel advisor, which the great thing about that was is, um, you know, I get a little claustrophobic. So I'm thinking about being embedded in the, the belly of this cruise ship and in a tiny room, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy myself. So even just sharing that experience um, with the travel advisor, she was able to stand up, you know, in her office and say, well, this is about how much space you would have. And I was able to get a view. I had a window, and I felt great. Even, um, you know, the cabin that I chose was close to a stairway. So I felt like, okay, I can get out and get air really quickly, and I'm not, you know, charging down a hallway (laughs) if I have a small freak out. But it was amazing. I had a great time. Now, the thought of going on a cruise, though, with my two little ones, this was before I had children. I have um, a seven-year-old and and another little boy who's almost four. The thought of being in a cabin with those two little monkeys scares me. 
any tips or words of wisdom that can give parents like me confidence that we can still have fun and relax while we're on that cruise? Well, first of all, I think you need to think about your kids and bring a special toy or whatever special item um, makes them feel at home. So that that would be one, whether unfortunately it's electronic or it's stuffed or whatever. Bring, bring something to show them comfort. And also take advantage of things like um, room service and movies on the TV screen in your cabin, um, which the kids will love. I mean, I had one cruise where I, I think I, when my daughter was young, we watched Little Mermaid like five times. Um, wow. and, and the other thing is um, take them to the kids program, you know, take them the first day, introduce them to the counselors. And in my experience, and my kids did many cruises, it's usually after that first day, see a mom. Like mm-hmm. all they want to do is hang out with the other kids in these wonderful programs. You know, they do arts and crafts, they do sports, tournaments you know they really you know especially lines like the contemporary lines like carnival and royal caribbean and norwegian cruise line in particular have these wonderful programs and you know they've seen it and done it before they know how to entertain your kid and it's a wonderful feeling that's amazing yeah thank you for sharing that and to your point, having something from home I found is so important. On a trip to Hawaii once, we forgot the teddy bear. And how do you find, how do you replace this loved teddy bear? And of course, they won't let it go. There's no other teddy bear replacement. So that could really be a nightmare. So great advice. Now, I understand that you're cruising with your grandkids this summer, and I definitely applaud that. And you're going on a Disney ship. What makes cruising with Disney so magical? Well, there's a new ship coming out that even, you know, the kids are excited about, but I am particularly excited about the Disney Wish because it has a Star Wars bar, which is oh. something I've been waiting for, you know, to order, like, go in and order, like, an odd-colored co- bubbling drink from a Star Wars bar. I just think it's particularly cool. Um, but the thing is, you're on, a, you're on a ship, and there's characters. And I just remember one cruise with my daughter when she was young, and the look in her face when she saw a Disney princess oh. come down the, the, the grand staircase. And I was like crying, looking at the, the look in her face, right? Oh. So, so if, you're, if you're a Disney fan, I think a Disney cruise is an absolute must. Um, for the characters at night, they do this wonderful Pirates in the Caribbean um, show where, you know, you see swashbucklers and, you know, the, the Johnny Depp character and a Johnny Depp look like, you know, swing across the, the deck on a zip line and there's fireworks and they just they just really go all out for the family crowd. I love that. It sounds like a lot of entertainment on the ship. Um, very exciting. You know, I recently visited um, Disneyland and California Adventure. I took my son and to your point, you know, he's obsessed with Donald Duck and when he'd see him or anything with Donald, he's like, oh, there's Donald. And it just, you know, it melts your heart to watch it. And even hearing you tell that story, you know, made me want to cry thinking about it because it really is exciting for them. But what about for our single, for a single person, um, somebody without a, a family or maybe even a couple, could they still have fun on a Disney ship? Yeah, Disney's so smart. I mean, we know this, right? So on their <laughs> they, they know. 
Well, they have adult-only areas, and um, these include some superb restaurants. I mean, you know, some of the best restaurants at sea are on uh, Disney ships, and also bars and discos and um, comedy that may be a little more towards the R-rated and that kind of thing. So they do, um, at night, have all kinds of activities specifically for adults and kids aren't even allowed in some of these areas and then there are also adults only pools so it's very much a scene where somebody with traveling without kids could have a great time oh that sounds good now and by the way some some adults also like to see the disney princesses of course they do you know a lot of uh, folks that i saw visiting disney you know somewhere with kids it's like half and half there's something for everybody really at Disney. Um, I have a girlfriend that only takes Disney vacations with her kids and her daughter's about to be 18 now and they still love it. So uh, now as a single person, is a cruise a good vacation for a solo traveler? I heard that there is a single supplement that solo cruisers have to pay. Yeah, I mean, and that single sub- supplement is is less with some lines, and you know, so the single supplement basically is based on two people in a cabin is cruise ship pricing, right? So the idea is, if you're one person in a cabin, you would still have to pay the two people in a cabin price, but but a lot of lines have um, discounts on that, and some even. Uh, barely have a single supplement like you might pay 10 percent extra so this is where it really pays to work with an experienced travel agent to talk about you know what you're looking for for your vacation a travel advisor can tell you which lines don't have big big solo supplements um, but a cruise is a great experience especially a small ship for a solo traveler you know i i recently went to antarctica and there were a lot of solo travelers on that particular cruise and it had open seating and wow. you would sit with different people every night and we befriended several several women that happened to be traveling alone and a couple men that whose wives didn't want to go to antarctica and they were traveling <laughs> alone and um it, it became a whole group and uh, my husband and i were, were at some nights part of that group because it was a fascinating group of people that's amazing. I bet you've made a lot of friends on those those cruise ships. I, I not only have made friends and, you know, I recently actually visited a woman in, in Denver that I met on that cruise because I happened to be there. But um, also I have people that I, I, I call my re-cruisers that, that I will actually re-cruise with. <laughs> Any re-cruisers on that trip to Antarctica? Um, there weren't on that one, but uh, you know I do have some some people who sort of carefully follow where I'm going, and if they can get on the ship when I'm there, sometimes uh, you know we we travel together. Yeah, I'm so interested to hear more about this trip. Um, you know, when I'm thinking, and I've said I've only been on one cruise, um, so this is you know generating some excitement here. But I'm always thinking about. Um, you know, I think of Alaska and then some other like Caribbean vacations, maybe European cruise. But tell us more about this Antarctica trip. What drew you there? Well, th- this is my year of doing bucket list travel for some reason, somewhat circumstantial, but also I think as an escape from the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really cool to go to some remote destinations. So I went to Antarctica and then literally last week got back from the Galapagos. So I've done both of those this year. Um, Antarctica was a place that was always someplace I wanted to go. I was a bit fearful about going there because I do get some seasickness and I do take medication, um, particularly when I think the seas are going to be rough. 
and um, the Drake Passage is notorious for rough seas. Now, fortunately, in my case, it was like a lake. <laughs> it was the Drake Lake during my cruise. Um, and and my desire to to see penguins and other creatures in Antarctica sort of overrode my fears. And man, I'm glad I went. I mean, I landed in a place in South Georgia Island where there were 100,000 um, pairs of nesting king penguins. Oh, wow. And these are penguins that are up to 38 inches tall. So they're like child-sized <laughs> penguins, and you're just surrounded by them, and you feel like you're in a, a, a nature documentary. It was unbelievable. That's incredible. I couldn't imagine what that must feel like or, you know, look like. It's a once-in-a-lifetime, really. But it sounds like, you know, with all of your travels, you're making it more than once-in-a-lifetime and getting to see everywhere and, and see it again and enjoy it again. So that's that's interesting. I love that. Now, where would you advise people to consider cruising this year? I know you were saying, you know, you're just this pandemic. Um, you just want to get out. Um, where would you advise people to consider? Well, I mean, surely the Caribbean, which is, you know, the number one place and, and, and a wonderful um, place to go with families. And it, particularly in the summertime, you're going to see lots of family travelers. So your kids will have companions and all that. Um, Alaska is going to be particularly popular this year um, because there was no season in 2020 and a short season in 2021 um, due to various factors, various constraints. So this is the return of Alaska year yeah. and um, all the all the major lines will be there with tons of ships. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a destination close to my heart. I've been going to Alaska yearly since like the mid 1990s. So it's um, it's a place that I that I never tire of and I absolutely love. And I'm trying to get it get there this this summer. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to hear about that. I actually heard that 2022 might be a banner year for cruising in Alaska. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there possibly even one and a half million tourists. Now, that said, you know, that's going to scare some people, right? Uh, what am I going to be there in, in, in the masses? But um, Alaska has a lot of wonderful hidden secrets. And I always suggest when you go to Alaska that, that you get off in the, in the town and then go beyond the town. Because really what you want to experience in Alaska is that sort of feeling of the last frontier. Wow. And there's lots of opportunities, whether you helicopter to the top of an ice field or, or you visit a dog sled camp and, and, and go dog sledding on a glacier or, or go salmon fishing, you know, there, there's all kinds of ways to experience mother nature there. So don't be afraid of the sort of, oh my God, I'm going to be part of a crowd. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about that one, the crowd thing and, and people worrying about having those experiences. But if that is something that I wanted to experience, you know, and I knew I was going on this cruise, um, how do I ensure that I can get those things in while I'm there? Well, I mean, the cruise lines do an excellent job with shore excursions. And um, the key here is that the popular ones sell out. So you need to book them as soon as you decide to take your cruise and pay your final deposit put in for those shore excursions. And um, there's also things you can do on your own. Like some of my best experiences, for instance, have been picking up a national park map and, um, you know, just going on a, on a hike. Um, on, on one, I ended up, you know, at the advice of a local, um, just at this gorgeous glacier lake, clear glacier lake, 
um, you know, with wildlife and everything. And um, I mean, in my book, wow. one of the things to do in Alaska before you die, I, I highlight a lot of experiences. I mean, I, I tell everyone that you have to spend in time in Alaska in a dive bar. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Is that the thing that you would say that they absolutely must do if they go to Alaska? You know, the the key is, and by the way, if you don't drink, make it a family-owned restaurant. But the idea, <laughs> you know, although the Alaska beer is quite good, they, they've okay. gotten very good at brewing. But the idea is that you're going to talk to locals. And Alaskans are um, an interesting breed of people, and they always have stories to tell. And if you don't know how to start a conversation, ask them the biggest fish they ever caught or whether <laughs> whether or not they've seen a bear the answer will be yes and they'll have a bear story oh wow so that'll get the conversation going is, is asking about that that's amazing so what else is it about you know the experience in alaska that makes it so special i just you know you're talking a place with more national park land than most of the country you know it's just it's huge it's vast every time you go there you're going to have a different experience um, I've been in Alaska for during four seasons, so I've seen the northern lights and I've seen the Iditarod dogs. And then in summer, it's all about, you know, watching glaciers calve. And, you know, everybody goes to Alaska and says, am I going to see an eagle? Well, they're like pigeons in Alaska. Okay? Wow. <laughs> going to see bald eagles flying overhead. You may see a bear in your binoculars, and you can guarantee you see a bear if you go to certain viewing areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you will see whales. Um, if you're lucky, you'll see them doing behaviors such as bubble feeding, where they all join together um, and create this bubble net to capture fish. I mean, wow. it, it's a wildlife lover's haven, and um, I just love it. Oh, I love hearing about it. I can't imagine, you know, seeing that in other places, just even coming out here in the water. I live in Huntington Beach um, in Southern California, and whale watching is, (laughs) you're lucky if you see anything, a, a dolphin or two sometimes, because it's just so populated. So Alaskan cruises, do you think they'll include stops at Canadian ports this summer? I understood that there was some question about that. And there's no question anymore. Canada came out with their health rules the other day. And um, yes, Holland America and Princess Cruises um, are the sort of, you know, the market leaders in Alaska. Both of them are going to do their full season. All plans are go. Um, The issue was that the U.S. has um, a kind of old and outdated law, but (laughs) that says foreign flag ships um, have to stop at a foreign port if they leave from the U.S. before returning to the U.S. So that foreign port is usually either Victoria, Canada, or Vancouver, Canada. And Canada has said, yes, 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 we want cruises back. Um, This was not the case in 2021. In 2021, Mm -hmm. the U.S. Congress actually stepped in and, and said, we'll ignore the law for a year and let cruises just stay in Alaska. But in 2022, there will be calls in Canada, and it's business as usual for the first time since 2019. Wow, that's great to hear. It sounds like we're finally getting back to normal. I know most of us are tired of hearing about COVID, but are still concerned about health and safety. Um, how can we be assured that we are traveling and cruising safely? How do we find out what's required in terms of COVID? 
Well, the cruise lines had really um, gone through extraordinary efforts to make um, cruise ships safe places. And they've worked with the CDC. The CDC actually had shut down cruising for almost 15 months starting in March 2020 and really monitored the return of cruising with strict regulations. Um, many of the rules are now voluntary. But cruise lines did everything from um, setting up testing policies to mask wearing. Some of that is, is being relaxed now. Um, to requiring vaccines, to requiring boosters in some cases, um, changing air filtration systems. Viking Cruises even set up onboard labs so they can do testing every day to make sure nobody has COVID-19. Wow. So, you know, these are the most monitored places on earth, I think. I mean, you know, the last several cruises that I've taken, and I have been pretty actively cruising again, have all been um, all vaccinated ships. And, you know, if you think about it in your daily life, how many places are you where you're assured that everybody's vaccinated? Wow. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. You know, just thinking um, of how many cases had broken out on cruise ships, it sounds like they've really taken all the measures uh, to ensure that um, people can still have a good time and travel safely. So to get the most out of the cruise, I know, you know, you want to plan in advance. How far ahead should people be planning now for a cruise um, to get the best value and to get the experience that they want? You know, it really depends where you're going, but I always say, you know, plan it as far in advance as you can because, you know, it, it's a fact that like the cheapest cabins and the most expensive ones sell out first. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to have a balcony, um, which is a popular option in the destination with a lot of scenery like Alaska, um, you want to book that as early as possible. Um, and particularly right now, the, you're not going to, you're not going to find a lot of um, space on some sailings um, due to the fact people are all returning. And there's a lot of people whose cruises were canceled and who have future cruise credits and are looking for bookings, too. So you're, you're not only dealing with the people that are like this year deciding to cruise, but there's people that have credits they need to use and will be cruising this year. So as, as much in advance as you can plan, it's a good idea to do so. Yeah, that's you make an interesting point because I hadn't actually considered that as not only are we dealing with those who really want to get out, who had been holding back on it. Um, plus, I know, you know, my husband has like 250 hours of vacation banked right now and and ready to use it after all this time. I myself had had to cancel a flight to um, Portland um, and that was in March of, of 2020. So. Um, I know that I'll be back to traveling again as well. So, yeah, that's interesting and, and important for people to take note of that in order to get the experience they want or the price they want, um, they really have to plan in advance. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that makes cruising so interesting is the variety of experiences out there. Can you tell us about the range of ships that are available, maybe small expedition-style vessels or big ships, and how do people decide what's right for them? Well, you know, within the cruising category, you can go on a 12-passenger, you know, tiny ship. There's some of those even in Alaska. Or you can go on a ship with um, close to 7,000 passengers <laughs> um, at full capacity. So there's a huge range. 
And, you know, a good travel advisor, this is where they come in uh, handy again, because they'll give you, uh, they'll interview you. If you go to a travel advisor and they don't interview you, go elsewhere because they need to tap into your personality. And I will argue there is a cruise ship for every personality, including people who said, I'm never gonna cruise. Uh, an example is I was just on a 100 passenger silver sea ship, uh, the Silver Origin mm -hmm. in the Galapagos. And there were a lot of people on that who were first-time cruisers. The reality is you can't see the Galapagos except by boat. It's, it, it's a national park of islands, okay? And there's other destinations like this around the world, too. Um, so, you know, this is a ship. They, they limit the ships there to 100 passengers. But this is, this is a ship that's a perfect example in a place that's a perfect example of why you want to go by sea. And I would actually argue Alaska in the Inside Passage is another place that you really want to go to by sea. So now you're looking at Alaska. Do you want a small ship? Do you want a big ship? I mean, ask yourself, do you care about a casino? Do you want nighttime entertainment? Or do you want to be on a ship where it's like totally relaxed and you can go barefoot, you know? <laughs> you can go barefoot out of your wetsuit or whatever into, into the lounge. So. You know, it, it has a lot to do with your personality and, and who you're traveling with as well. Yeah, that's important. I like that you said, you know, they, they interview you to identify what kind of experience you want to have versus just where you want to go. For instance, if if I say I want to go to Hawaii, my husband's like, great, we're going to Hawaii. We're going to have two very different experiences in mind. He's thinking about, you know, catching waves, which are usually not on the best beaches for me who wants to lay out and get a tan. And also, it's usually not the, the weather that I would want to lay out and get a tan and relax and read a book. It's, you know, different kind of weather that's good for surfing. So I think that is important to really, you know, rely on an expert that can help pull those things out of you. Now, cruising really does sound like a special kind of vacation. And I thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. Before we let you go, Fran, what are the three most important things we should do to have a great cruise experience or maybe even three main takeaways that you would want our listeners to know? Well, one thing is just because you're going on a cruise doesn't mean you can't do research, okay? And, and you know, my personal style, I might do a shore excursion here or there, but I tend to like to take off on my own at the port cities, and, and so I do extra research. But you can go on a cruise um, as a brainless experience, I guess, <laughs> you know, let the, let the cruise line, you know, do everything. Um, but, but it's research, research, and research for me. Um, the other thing, again, is we just talked about, think about who you are, who you're traveling with, what the needs of, the, of that are. And then just like relax. I mean, make sure you spend time just looking at the sea. You know, have those brainless moments where you're just like, I'm looking at a beautiful place and I'm on the ship and I'm in the middle of the ocean and I'm watching the waves, you know, breathe deep and enjoy yourself. Oh, I like that advice. I think it's definitely something I could take, you know, um, so agenda driven sometimes when I go on vacation, I forget to enjoy the experience. So it's always important to just take a step back, breathe, soak it all in because those experiences, you know, we don't get so often. So um, Fran Golden, thank you so much for being with us and happy sailing. And thank you. <laughs> thank you to our listeners for being with us. And if you're planning a trip, be sure to connect with a AAA travel advisor. 
check out AAA.com forward slash travel or visit your local branch. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. I'm Mary Herondine. Thank you for traveling with AAA.